Let's all join together and pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. Who is Jesus? That's a question people have been asking for about 2,000 years. And for those 2,000 years, people have been coming up with all sorts of answers to that question. Jesus is the one who's disrupting our religion, trying to get rid of the Old Testament and those old ways that we need to follow. Jesus is the pretty good teacher who's helped me make my life better, and he kind of shows me the right pattern and the right way to live life. Among the prophets that have existed in our world, Jesus, he's not the top, but he's pretty close to the top of the prophets in our world. Jesus is the savior, some would say. If you watched the Super Bowl last year, you got this ad, and I think it's going to come up against this year. You remember this one? Jesus, he gets us. All you got to do is go to Google, do the Google autocomplete kind of thing, type in Jesus is dot, 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 do the ellipses, and you're going to find a whole lot about what people have said for these 2,000 years. But it's really clear. People want to know, who is Jesus? Wherever your level of understanding is at right now, I can promise you, if you're in the Bible and reading the Bible, it is going to grow so that you have things that you read and know about Jesus that kind of make you wonder, who is Jesus? Like the kind of head-scratching comparisons Jesus would make in things that we call parables that sometimes are really hard to understand. Or like the biting, hurtful words that Jesus would speak to some of his closest friends that had done life with him. Like how Jesus chose to hang out with the lowest and loneliest of his society and intentionally spend a lot of time with those people. Even when you have the Bible and you start reading the Bible and get into the Bible, what you find is that there is just a lot of depth. A lot to know about Jesus. One detail I think that has been passed down inside Christianity but also outside of Christianity too is that people claim Jesus did miracles. Whether some people believe that it's real and true, or other people believe it's just this like sleight of hand sort of thing, Jesus and miracles are tied together. Miracles that can't be understood from experience. Things that would make us rightly stand here and just have our jaws hang wide open if they happened. Jesus did these things, people claim. That's why I'm really glad and excited that you're here this morning. That's why I'm glad and excited that we are going to talk about this, because we're going to get into it. Can the label fit, Jesus is the healer? We're going to see. More than most others, this part of the Bible, this book of the Bible, Mark, it kind of reads like this historical account of this happened and then this happened, and then this happened. Mark also does this thing where other Gospels record the same story, and it takes like five chapters. Mark takes that and shrinks it down to like five sentences, 
so that as you're going through going through it and reading and processing, you don't feel like you have enough time to understand what's going on and catch the details. I think that's cool for this story because that might help us understand how the people around Jesus were feeling on this day. Before this section, Jesus had been in their religious center in the synagogue, and Jesus had been teaching with authority, like sharing God's word with power and certainty in a way that the people there had never understood before. When a demon-possessed man came in and tried to distract the people from Jesus' awesome teaching, Jesus went and he cast the demon out, and he gave that man his life back. So that at the end of their time together, all the people just kind of started looking around at each other, wondering, what did they just experience? Who is this guy? What did he come to do? The other thing that happens is the gossip about who this guy is spreads almost as fast as like they had the internet and this was breaking news. Word about that day in the synagogue, it just spreads like wildfire. So before the people had time to really process and work through what happened, Jesus was on the move. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew, some of Jesus' disciples and his closest friends. But with Mark, you get this feeling of Jesus needs to keep going. Jesus needs to get on to the next thing. Jesus is on a mission and nothing's going to stop him. And his friends made sure that was true. Because Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. And they immediately told Jesus about her. After those disciples saw and experienced what they saw and experienced, they had to tell Jesus. They couldn't stop. If Jesus could heal that man and teach like that, then maybe he could heal the mother-in-law. Maybe their life would completely change. That's why it's kind of amazing what happens next reads almost like nonchalantly, like just another thing and not a big detail that's going on. We just simply get, he went to her, took her by the hand, helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. Hours later, Jesus was showing people, again, he is the healer. That sam same day, though, there was, there was more. And not a few or a little bit more. Everybody showed up. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door then. Because these people lived in the same world that you and I live in. Because they had aches and pains and terminal diseases. More than what you and I usually experience, though, they also had their family and friends and people that they loved under the power and influence of demons destroying their life. So all of these people with all of that, they went to Jesus, to the healer to the healer with hope in their hearts. All of them wanting and thinking maybe, maybe Jesus is the healer that they've heard that he was going to be. TV shows about doctors have been popular. I think for all of us here, it's 
kind of spans generations, right? It doesn't matter what show it is. Uh, maybe doctors who are far away in a country in the military, or doctors who are studying to be doctors, or doctors who work in an emergency room, or doctors who try to make the hospital fun. All these shows, I think, though, I think it's fair to say that they kind of blend together with the same characters and the same plots and the same kind of stories going on. But there's one recent doctor show that has at least one character that stands out. Anybody else watch this one? Good Doctor? I think it's still on. I think it's in its last season this year. This was a TV show that Joanna and I, I remember specifically, we watched back when TV was a you watch at this time during the week and catch the episode and get it going on. But more than that, I remember this show because this show is about a doctor. His name is Sean, and he has autism. So this doctor, his life is not like any of the other doctors on the show. His challenges are not close to the challenges that the rest of them have. His strengths are rare and unique and different than everybody else. And over time, as you watch, you start to find out that people trust him, that patients learn, that colleagues respect, that you as the watcher, you can't help but say at the very end that he is a good doctor. I love it because this kind of breaks out of that perspective, that way of thinking, where this is what a doctor is, this is what a doctor should look like, this show helps us understand he might look like somebody else and do things in his own way. Well, with the crowds that were around Jesus at the door, waiting and wanting him to do what they thought he was going to do, he did. Jesus healed many who had various diseases, he also drove out many demons. Whoever got close enough to show the problem and experience his work on this day would have gone home whole and healed and perfectly better like they'd always wanted. At some point during that night, the crowd that was there left. Maybe it got too late or too dark. Jesus was too far away in line and they knew they were never going to get him. Whatever it was, uh, by the middle of the night, all the people that had been there, they went home. Probably reasoning that in the morning they could go back, Jesus would be there, the healer would do his healing thing, then they could get healed. But here's where the healer breaks from the expectations and the assumptions that you would have. Because when they woke and went back to the house that morning, the healer was gone. No more Jesus. No note to tell them, hey, I'm coming back in a little bit after this. No explanation for what might have been more important than being there to help and to heal them. No more Jesus. So where was he? What was he doing? Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Not even his closest friends knew what he was thinking. So, Jesus, what 
where are you thinking? What are you doing? The people need your help, and you're not there. Don't you care about them? Don't you want to heal them? It's parts of the Bible like this that make me understand a little bit more why you might not believe in Jesus. Because if he had the power and the ability and he loves people, why not stay and heal? Why not make them better, make them perfectly healthy so that everybody in that city gets rid of all the aches and all the scratches and all the bad feelings that they have? If Jesus really is the healer, why did he choose not to heal anymore? If you don't believe yet, I want you to know that believers struggle with this too. Maybe not with like the words and believing the words of the Bible that they're real and that these are true things that did happen, but I think maybe it looks a little bit more like this. Their husband or their wife goes from perfectly healthy to six months later being in a hospital bed and unable to move and on their way home to heaven. Or their kid starts complaining about a headache and how there's head pain and the pains just keep getting bigger and stronger and they go and they find out that there's not much time left. Or their life plans that they thought were great, that looked good and stuff was going really well and then both of them lost their job and now they only have a few weeks to come up with enough money to keep living the kind of life that they had. All believers, all of us have this side that struggles with the idea that if God is good, then how could he let this happen? I think another way of saying it is we like God to be on our terms. We crave control over the pain and the suffering so that we can keep it all away. We're like the patients who uh, aren't the doctor's favorites, the ones who go in and tell the doctor exactly what to do and how to do it and refuse any other kind of treatment, which I think we can say is kind of crazy because when you're sick, you might not even be able to think straight. You and I might not have any idea more than Googling and studying what we can read in a little bit compared with people who have trained for decades. No, we want the healer to do what we want him to do and he needs to do it here and now. So how does Jesus explain himself and his decision? Jesus replied, let us go someone el somewhere else to the nearby villages. What could be so important there? Why leave without telling everybody else first? So I can preach there also. For that is why I have come. Jesus spent days healing people's bodies. He would stop trips, like completely stop them right where they were standing to heal. He would go to faraway cities to heal. He would listen to the sick people who had no other options on their way to death, nobody else to talk to. He would go and touch them and heal them. Jesus prioritized his time healing people. He did. But that wasn't his first priority. First, Jesus needed people to know that he had come to be their healer from sin. 
Jesus preached about how people could come and be together with God again, even though they struggled. Jesus revealed that God's forgiveness and peace don't come from outward physical signs of health and blessings. They come from him. And his future death in their place and his new life and the new life that he would freely give. This is why I'm excited and I'm so glad that you're here. Because the healer wants to heal you. Yes, he cares about you physically. He does. But spiritually, that does more. Knowing you are forgiven in Jesus means that you don't have to let the shame keep pushing you down. His unchanging love is going to be the thing that you can hold on to when the rest of your life seems to slip away. And every time you struggle and you face the issues that you're going to have to face, he's going to point you back to his healing work and what has been done already for you. He wants you to know more than anything, Jesus is the healer of sin, and he's that healer for you. So, what did the healer do? He traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and healing, driving out demons. He did not stop doing what he had been doing. He spent more time and made a point to help people. He healed the physical healing and care for our bodies and lives. He did that, trying to teach people one thing, that he could back it up, that he could help people spiritually. This sermon's been really making me think this week about how unsure the medical industry that we have is. I'm going to start out by saying I have a healthy trust for doctors and nurses. You that are that and you that are watching, you know what's going on. You've got the training. I'm always going to lean on you and your knowledge. But sometimes, isn't this true, sometimes you can't help with the uncertainty. Maybe let's try this treatment. Maybe let's try that one. We're not sure. This might be the problem that you've got going on. It might also not be the problem that you have. And that's when us non-doctors, that's when we hop on Google and we read a tiny bit. And even after that, still uncertainty is there. With all that uncertainty built in sometimes, you know what's cool? We still go to the doctor when we need to go to the doctor. Because we know that when we go to the doctor, it saves lives. It heals. Maybe you've even experienced that yourself. Can you imagine, though, if there was a hospital or doctor or drug that was actually so great and so effective and so worthwhile that people who buy up the ads for all the commercials, that someone would buy up all these ads and spread this news far and wide trying to help people understand this? If we had something clearly that good, that effective, that helpful to save life, we would probably do everything we can to tell people about it, right? If we know how healing really does work, we wouldn't hold back. We would send people there. So here's two things that you know about Jesus healing right now today. I can promise you, you know these things. Thing number one, you know people who are hurting. 
people who are going through the physical, emotional abuse in relationships, and you can see it on their faces, and you can feel it in how they talk and interact with each other, and that some of the people experiencing that are starting to lose hope. You know the people that are going through the medical issues, that are struggling and just praying that somebody might get a little bit better. You know the people who have the drug, alcohol abuse that has wrecked relationships. You know the people that are gossiping behind backs and it's just hurting. You know people who are struggling and who need help because they're people like you and me. That's thing number one that you know. Thing number two you know about Jesus' kind of healing, you know it's going to help. It's not going to fix their bodies or their relationships perfectly. It's not going to make all the pain go away. But you know what their hearts are missing. You know how much it's helped you and held you up in life. You know that Jesus is the healer, and you know what it means to know him. So here's my challenge for you this week. Even if you're not a doctor or medical person, work at connecting the people who need healing with the healer. Whoever you had thinking about in your mind a second ago, do it this week. Connect with them. Text messages, emails, whatever way. Every single day this week, make it a point to get out of your comfort zone and to tell them about Jesus. Tell them how Jesus is for them. Share passages that encourage them and give them a solid foundation in Jesus. Even pass along my cell phone number. Even if you do that every day and say, hey, talk to Pastor Steve. He really wants to share Jesus with you. Whatever way you want to do it, but do it. Because they need help. And you know what's going to help them. And then how are you going to know if it actually helps and works? Because as soon as you do this, they're going to break down in tears and they're going to completely change their life and everything is going to look so much better. Maybe, but probably not. But God's going to work through it. Because he promises he will. Because he promises it's not going to be for nothing. And maybe, just maybe, if Jesus is the healer that he says he is, maybe Jesus is going to make all the difference. Amen.